Attack life. It's going to kill you anyway. Every member of Colbert Nation has a favorite interview. There was the time Colbert flattered Bill O'Reilly of Fox News by telling him, I'm living your book, then held up a copy with a discount sticker over O'Reilly's face. Then there was the time Colbert puzzled children's author Maurice Sendak by suggesting a sequel to Where the Wild Things Are. Subtitled Still Wilding, the book would star Vin Diesel with tie-ins to Burger King or Taco Bell. And then there was the time Colbert challenged rock star Jack White to a Catholic throwdown in which the two stumbled through hymns, debated dogma, and posed gotcha questions about obscure saints. White, who's the patron saint of clowns? Maybe St. Joseph? Colbert, St. Genesius. White, really? I don't think that's a real saint. Most news talk shows use interviews as a tired but time-tested ritual. Don't have much to say? Get a guest without much to say. But in Colbert's hands, interviews are adventures. And may St. Genesius, who is in fact the Catholic patron saint of clowns, help any guest who walks blindly into a Stephen Colbert interview. One of the first was Democratic Congressman Robert Wexler in 2006. Proudly representing Florida's 19th district in the Colbert Report segment, Better Know a District, Wexler began by boasting about his constituents. He looked forward to softball questions, but Colbert became Colbert. First, he suggested drilling for oil off the coast of Florida. When Wexler rejected that idea, Colbert asked whether he supported drilling in Alaska. Wexler, no. Colbert, so caribou are more important than my SUV? Wexler, no, no. Colbert, but that's what you just said. Wexler, what's most important is that your SUV be required to have better efficiency in the future. Colbert, what if I could make it run on caribou meat? Would you be in favor of that? Wexler, on caribou meat? Colbert, caribou meat, or hide, doesn't matter, or bone. Wexler, probably not. Colbert, why? Wexler, because we'd have to kill all the caribou to get you to drive your SUV. Colbert, so caribou are more important than my SUV. Wexler, no, I think we can have both. Colbert, so why can't I kill them and grind them up and put them in my SUV? Wexler, because I think we can have both caribou and SUVs that get better gas mileage. Colbert, let's move on here. Moving on. Colbert asked the congressman to complete the sentences. I enjoy cocaine because, and, I enjoy the company of prostitutes for the following reasons. Politicians and professors, rock stars and renowned experts, Colbert has outdueled them all. His innate intelligence is one reason, but Colbert learned to wing it in the best possible schools, Chicago stages. Improvisational Comedy the art of turning a single audience suggestion into a full-fledged skit on the fly, made its American debut in Chicago. In the late 1940s, drama teacher Viola Spolin began giving young actors a series of theater games that demanded quickness and a stifling of the internal monitor that keeps most of us quiet. Shut off the mind, Spolin taught. When the rational mind is shut off, we have the possibility of intuition. The trick to improv, she maintained, is to get out of the head. 
The trick went on stage in 1959 when Spolin's son, Paul Sills, opened a small nightclub in Chicago's Old Town neighborhood. The club was called The Second City, and it heralded a new type of American comedy. Before Second City, comedy remained in the shadow of vaudeville and radio. On TV, aging vaudevillians such as George Burns, Bob Hope, and Red Skelton turned up on show after show, and sitcoms like Ozzie and Harriet, Armis Brooks, and The Jack Benny Show were nothing more than old radio serials performed before the cameras. Second City changed all that. To its small stage came the wits who would take American comedy into the age of Saturday Night Live. Their names are still legendary in comedic circles. Mike Nichols and Elaine May, Alan Arkin, John Rivers, David Steinberg, and Robert Klein. Then came the next generation, some from a Second City spinoff in Toronto. John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Gilda Radner, 